With a country divided, the republic at risk, and morality being redefined, it's time to gather around the campfire, get back to basics, and spark the revival that this country so desperately needs. This is the American Campfire Revival with Kirk Cameron. We were talking about Samuel Adams the other day. We've also talked about an English philosopher named John Locke. And uh, last night, I actually attributed a quote to Sam Adams that belonged to um, Fisher Ames, who was another founding father. What a great name. F- who names their, their child Fisher Ames? Well, uh, actually, uh, someone who taught him very well because he understood that God's ways always lead to liberty. And he had amazing insights into what we're teaching our kids and uh, making sure that we understood that there is no more essential textbook for our kids than the Word of God. In fact, it was used to teach kids how to spell, taught them how to see the world uh, and understand the way that God made it so that it would lead to maximum human flourishing. Well, we're going to look a, a little bit more into this book. And we're going to talk about a guy named James Madison today. James Madison was known as the father of the Constitution. So here's another founding father. Uh, this was a, a brilliant man who, from the time he was young, he devoted himself to studying history because he understood that history is his story. And if we look back in the story, we get to know who the characters are and we get to know uh, cause and effect consequences. And so if we see somebody making a mistake or doing something good and it leads to a particular consequence, we know for the future how to make better decisions. And he, he particularly loved studying political history all the way back uh, to the time of Aristotle. So we're talking way back, Aristotle, Plato. These are the, the greats of ancient philosophy. And he, he understood politics like few others. And he was familiar with the writings of John Locke, which everyone believed that this, this is the, the kind of teaching that our kids needed to understand. And, and James Madison gave a beautiful, succinct, and powerful explanation of property and what property is from God's point of view and how you and I ought to be looking at property in this quote. He said, property in one sense, is a man's land or merchandise or money. It's called his property. So we understand that, right? Like this this piece of land that I'm sitting on, my friend's backyard, this is their property. This is their land. Also, their merchandise, the things that they make. He makes something with his business or she makes something with her hands or whatever it is. This is your merchandise. And then also the money that you have that represents uh, what you've made from the things, the money that you've made, the value of the things that you've made is also your property. He says, but in another sense, man has a property in his opinions. Did you ever think of that? That your opinions are also your property and you have a right to those opinions. See, this is a, this is a biblical view of property that God made you and he made you in his image and he's given you the right to your own opinions and the free communication of those opinions. So, What you think about important subjects is your opinion to have your right and you have a right, James Madison said, to be able to freely communicate those opinions. That's called freedom of speech. He he saw that also as part of your property. And he has a property of particular value in his religious opinions. Do you know in some countries they don't have the freedom to believe 
in the God of the Bible, and they certainly don't have the, the, the freedom to be able to practice that religion according to the word of God and according to their conscience. But James Madison says that your religious opinions are your property and in the profession and the practice of them. We are beginning to see the encroachment of uh, powerful organizations begin to tell us how we can and cannot worship God or when we can worship him or where we can worship him or how far apart we have to be when we worship him and whether or not we can sing when we worship him. And these things should be sending off warning signs and alarm bells because that's our property from a biblical perspective. And our founding fathers understood that. He said he also has an equal property in the free use of his bodily strengths. You get to use your strength and you get to have a free choice of the objects on which to use your bodily strengths. So if I want to work and uh, work for a company, if I want to work with my hands and make something, if I want to uh, be employed in whatever business I want to apply my strengths to, those things that I produce uh, rightfully belong to the person who made them. In a word, as a man is said to have a right to his property, he may equally be said to have a property in his rights. Now, he's making a really important point here that we have a right to our property, our land, our money, our merchandise, our opinions, our religious opinions, and we also have property in our rights. Our freedoms, our liberties, our rights given to us by God are also our property. And government is established to protect property of every sort. Conscience is the most sacred of all property. Your conscience, God has given you to know right from wrong. That's what the word conscience means. Uh, two words, con means science, uh, with and science means knowledge. And so you do what you do with knowledge of the moral value of what you're doing and whether it's right or wrong. You know it's wrong to lie. You know it's wrong to steal. I know that it's right to love my neighbor as myself. I know that it's right in my conscience to love God with all of my heart and to love my wife and take care of my kids. I know that compassion is right and I know that abuse and selfishness is wrong because God's given me a conscience and that conscience is informed by the moral standards in God's word. And you have a right to the dictates of your conscience, to the convictions of your soul. And no one can take those away from you according to God and according to those who founded our country. Hey guys, it's Kirk here. Did you know that another option to traditional insurance even exists out there? I get that it may come as a surprise since we're so conditioned to think traditional insurance is our only option, but that's simply not true. My family has been using Christian Healthcare Ministries over the last several years, and I cannot recommend them enough to other like-minded believers looking to do things differently than what we've been told to do. CHM is the faith-based alternative to insurance. And most importantly, with CHM, we know that our money is going to help other fellow Christians when they're in need. And this is how we like to steward our dollars when it comes to healthcare. Are you tired of your healthcare the same old way and want to do things the better way? I highly recommend you start by checking out CHM and see if this is an option that could work for your family's healthcare. It does for ours. It's not harder, but it's different in the best way. 
Learn more today by visiting chministries.org forward slash Kirk Cameron. Again, that's chministries.org forward slash Kirk Cameron. So now he says, notice the disparity, the difference between what government is supposed to be and what government has become and what it is becoming more and more. So ask yourself this question. Today, is the government guarding your property or is the government grabbing more and more of your property primarily through punishing taxes? So I'll just go through a couple of these things so that you can ask yourself this question. Is the government guarding your land, your property, your merchandise, and your money, or taking more and more of it away through taxes? Think property taxes, think income taxes, think sale taxes, think death taxes. Is the government guarding your opinions and valuing them and protecting your opinions no matter whether they're popular or not, or taking them away and grabbing them through censorship? Is the government allowing you to have free speech on public communication platforms or canceling you more and more? I'm just asking the questions. Is the government valuing your religious opinions, your deeply held beliefs about God and honoring those beliefs and allowing you to teach your children those beliefs in school or grabbing those beliefs and calling them outmoded and outdated and even dangerous? Is, is the government uh, allowing you to use all of your heart, soul, and strength, your blood, sweat, and tears to work as hard as you want in the way that you want to produce goods and blessings for your family or restricting your businesses and even closing them down? Well, is the government, in a word, fighting for you to keep your freedoms and your property, the most sacred of which is your own conscience, or is it slowly stripping it away and restricting your freedoms and you feel like you're having less and less rights and being forced more and more to do those things which violate your conscience? I'm just asking the questions. And if this isn't sending up flares and flags on the field, then join me in praying that men and women of virtue and character and faith and courage will begin to stand up for what is good and true and right. And how do we know it's good and true and right? We don't just turn on the news. We look to the source of truth and the evidence of history. We look to the Bible, God's word, the great moral instruction textbook. And we look to history, which is his story, showing us how our decisions have consequences. And we can learn from those decisions. This is why my neighbors from Taiwan are very, very concerned about what's happening in our country. This is why my my Russian Jewish neighbors are very, very concerned. In fact, they're moving away because they suspect and detect things are returning to the way that they were in their country when they left there. This is why my neighbors and friends at church from Cuba are very, very concerned because they see the the same tendencies and the same 
direction of property being taken away here in our country as they saw in their own country, which caused them to leave. I'm just telling you what I'm seeing. I'm telling you what our our founders understood. And I'm asking you questions because I want you to be doing the thinking. I don't want to tell you what to think. I want to ask you to think and see these questions and the world around you through history and through God's word. These are the lenses that will speak truth to you. Well, the difference is going to be made not by that campfire, not by that flag, but by the God of heaven who made those clouds and gives us this sky and sends us rain and sends the sun every day. And he sends revival into our hearts and turns on the light of the gospel so that we can see the goodness and the faithfulness of God and want to import that, download that revival power into our whole life and let it drive everything that we do to love God with all our heart and to love our neighbor as ourselves, not only in our churches and in our homes, but also in our communities and in our places of government authority for the blessing of everybody. You're hearing some themes. You're hearing some patterns. It's really not complicated. It's difficult. But with the power of God, it's not impossible. And when the army of compassion comes together and our sails are filled with the winds of revival, nothing can stop heaven from coming to earth. Thank you for listening to the American Campfire Revival Podcast. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. If you'd like to learn more and join the movement, visit KirkCameron.com.